This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The Bulletin. 10.42 here on SENZ, and I can't think of a better bloke uh, to go to in terms of the bulletin this morning than uh, Ricardo Ball uh, on the day that the FIFA World Cup is launched uh, here in Auckland, and the football ferns are up against a very formidable Norway. So, uh, Ricardo, we can't paper over the cracks. Good morning again to you. Uh, this is a tough start for the uh, football ferns. Yeah, very tough start, Smithy. Thanks. Um, it, it's you know, the 12th in the world, uh, the Norwegians, and they're not there for, for no reason. They've got an excellent spine. They've got players who uh, play in defence and midfield at Arsenal, who are one of the top teams in the WSL, which is one of the best women's leagues in the world. And then they've got uh, one, Arda Hegerberg, up front, who plays for Lyon. Um, and I think the stats, something like 158 goals in 135 games for a club. Um, she's the first woman to ever win the female Ballon d'Or as well. Absolute superstar, and yeah, football fans have got their work cut out tonight. Do we know? Uh, have we finalised our lineup? If not, what are you expecting? Uh, we haven't. They don't. Well, I mean, let me let me clarify that. Yitka probably has, but we don't know it yet. And football, it's a bit different to say rugby or cricket. They they don't actually release the teams until about an hour, hour and a half until kickoff. Um, so that that'll uh, we'll, we'll find that out probably around six o'clock tonight. But uh, I would expect you will see Vic Essen in goal, the Glasgow Rangers keeper. Um, you'll have Rebecca Stott in front of her, who's been playing her football at Brighton and Hove Albion and, uh, previously and also uh, played over at, in Melbourne in the, in the Women's A-League as well. Uh, CJ Bott, um, she's a very good player, one of our, one of our better defenders. Uh, I expect uh, Ali Riley, obviously our captain, will be uh, one of our fullbacks as well, possibly Michaela Foster um, on the left. And then Rhea Percival, great to have her back. Uh, she's so key to what this New Zealand team does. It, she sits in front of the, the defence, um, anchors the midfield, kind of quarterbacks it a little bit, uh, very good player, really important to have her back. And then up front, I think you'll expect to see Hannah Wilkinson uh, with Olivia Chance, who plays for Celtic. Um, maybe a page satchel for a bit of extra pace on the other on the other wing, and then probably a couple of real workers uh, like Betsy Hassett in, in, in the middle alongside Rhea Percival. So, yeah, it'll, it, it work cut out as you say, but it's a pretty solid, pretty experienced uh, football firm's team. Right, let's look at uh, our attack force. Uh, I mean, you mentioned uh, Hannah Wilkinson there is probably the Chris Wood type role in that sense. Mm. How are we going to get goals in this tournament? Well, that, that, that's the key, right, uh, is getting goals because we haven't scored a lot. I mean, until we beat Vietnam 2-0 recently, I think we'd only scored two in our last 10, um, which isn't great. And that said, a lot of those games Hannah Wilkinson wasn't available for. Uh, she's had, had been dealing with some injury issues and things, so it is good to have her, as you say, the, the Chris Wood type figure, a traditional number nine. She's big, she's reasonably quick, she's um, a solid presence. So uh, I think really key is trying to get in behind the fullbacks of this Norwegian team and get crosses in. Um, Olivia Chance plays as a 10 or a winger on the left for Celtic uh, in, the, in the Scottish Premier League. 
and uh, she's a very good player, probably our most creative playmaker. Um, I mentioned Paige Satchel before. She's very quick, um, maybe sometimes doesn't have the best of touches, but she's very quick. And then, you know, there's... Um, uh, there's a few others as well. I think Grace Jale is worth uh, keeping an, an eye out for. I doubt she'll start, but she could be a player. Um, she was at Canberra last season in the, in the Women's A-League who could come on and she scored a bunch of goals in the Women's A-League. So she may be another option. Well, uh, half an hour or so after uh, we've finished against Norway, Australia get their turn to open their account against the Republic of Ireland. Uh, they're pretty warm favourites for that. Uh, would you think they'd get the job done there? They should do, yeah. I mean, I think the Irish are stronger than what the odds suggest. Um, they've had some very good results leading into the tournament as well, but uh, they have a, do have a, a very big question mark over probably their best player in the, in the midfield, Denise McNally. Uh, she went off against Colombia with a shin injury. Uh, but, uh, you know, a lot of those Irish players play in the WSL and, and maybe not in the bigger teams, but in some of the smaller teams in the WSL. So they play at a good level week in, week out. And the other thing that they've done is uh, the Irish have found five American players who play in the American system who have got uh, Irish parent, uh, parentage or grandparentage and are eligible to play for the Irish. So they've brought those five players in, which just gives them a bit more solidity. So I think the Irish could cause problems um, for, I think, the Canadians are the other big team in that group. And uh, Australia won't have it all their own way in this game. But I, I do think with Sam Kerr in some pretty good form and, and having watched that game against the French, uh, that the Aussies should have too much. Yeah, it's a, a big match looming uh, with one of the tournament favourites and uh, some of the more recognisable names in world women's football. Uh, with the United States taking on uh, Vietnam. That's on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, look, uh, the way we demolished uh, Vietnam in terms of uh, creating opportunities, I would be thinking the United States make, might make them pay very heavily and enhance their goal for and against very quickly. Yeah, hundred percent, Smithy, hundred percent. And you know, I, I know you you, you like a uh, like a dabble. Um, you know, get on Alex Morgan. Um, she's the US captain now at this World Cup. She's you know one of the best female players in the world. Uh, I expect her to get an absolute hatful in that game. So I mean, you know, if you're looking at options, have a look and see what she's paying for for a hat trick in this game. Because I think you're right. I think Vietnam in that game showed uh, against New Zealand showed that they're really going to be up against it in their group, particularly against the US. I mean, the US team in recent times, I think, have beaten the Football Ferns 4 and 5 nil. Um, so if they're doing that to the Football Ferns and the Football Ferns have in turn done that to Vietnam, I think you could you could suggest potentially even double figures. Gianni Infantino coming out yesterday. He's FIFA president, of course. Probably the most influential job in sport in the world. Uh, coming out yesterday to say, uh, we need you, we want you to New Zealand fans. Do you think uh, we'll... We'll pick up, uh, pick up the hint here. Do you think we'll support this well nationwide? I think so, yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting that Christchurch didn't get any games, but I think that's down to the stadiums at. Um, so Dunedin, um, by, you know, as, as a result of that, have got games. And I know that the Swiss have been doing a lot in the... Um, uh, in the public there, um, support. Uh, I think this tournament's massive. You know, you've got 16 of the best teams in the world are going to be based in New Zealand for the next couple of weeks, really. And I don't know that people quite realise that yet. There's a lot of fans travelling as well. I, I read something uh, a while ago that the US, uh, there could be as many as 100,000 fans from the US coming down under. Um, throughout this World Cup to, to come and see this game. That, that is a lot of fans. They've already sold out the US and the Dutch. They sold out uh, the Sky Stadium in Wellington for that clash. Um, they're in the same group, and they, they played at the last World Cup final against each other. So I think they will. I think you'll see some big crowds. And, um, you know, this stage of the tournament, 
some there's a few unknowns and there are a few minnows that maybe don't uh, aren't as attractive to watch or don't have the sort of headline grabbing names that say the US do etc but I think people will get behind it once it kicks off uh, I mean we've already seen a lot of tickets sold there's something like over a million tickets sold for this tournament between New Zealand and Australia so on that front it's already a success uh, just on another matter that uh, raised its very ugly head a couple of days ago, and that was the fact that uh, Victoria have said no. Uh, yes, we wanted them uh, about six, seven, eight months ago, those Commonwealth Games, but uh, we don't want them now. So uh, that's it as far as we're concerned. Any hope for 2026 anywhere? I mean, Christchurch, um, very optimistic, aren't they, if, uh, if the mayor and co are thinking about that? Yeah, I, I can't see it happening in Christchurch, Smithy. Um, to be honest, I mean, that, that stadium, is it going to be ready in time? As he was saying that he's heard 2025 it's going to be ready, but, you know, that's, uh, you know, how these things can blow out. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that they've got all the facilities they need there to host something as big as the Common Games. And, you know, I'm, I'm not sure where you are on this, but I think maybe it's time that the Commonwealth Games Committee looks at what, the, what they're offering, uh, maybe peers down, uh, you know, Pairs it down a little bit, uh, focus on the core sports that are the Olympics and, and give those athletes that want to achieve something great at the Olympics the opportunity by making the Commonwealth Games more aligned that way in terms of those core sports and maybe take it away from being you know, something that a city bids for and a city has to pay for and go to nation hosting it. Because, I mean, if you're talking about New Zealand hosting the Common Games in 2026, yes, I could see that happening. Christchurch, no way. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do there. Yeah, very, very interesting, actually. Um, uh, I hope it eventuates, and I hope it doesn't die a sort of an unnatural death. Uh, we had Peter Fitzsimons on yesterday, and he said uh, he fears for it. Uh, a lot of people have said the same thing. But when it's on, and when the athletes are involved, and when the silver fern and the, the black singlet or whatever is prominent, I mean, we're all in behind it uh, so much that, you know, it, it, it's just the every four-year factor, and because it's obviously second fiddle to the Olympics. But uh, there's still a place for it for us because I believe, um, you know, on that kind of stage, we excel more, obviously, than we're going to at the Olympics. Really important for our, our athletes as well. They don't have this, this massive gap, um, which is almost, you know, career-ending. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's really interesting, Smithy, that the way that Victoria approached it because they tried to take it to country Victoria, right, rural Victoria. But it wasn't that long ago that, Melbourne held the games, and they've got infrastructure there, so I don't know why they're not talking about that. I mean, and the other thing is that, you know, we've seen it with New South, uh, State of Origin, I should say, going, you know, to Adelaide and, and things like this and bidding for things. I mean, the, the, the Australian states, for the tourism dollar, um, really go against each other. So I don't know how unified they are, but you would imagine mm. uh, that the government in, in Australia could look at this and go, get all those heads in one room and say, okay, Brisbane, you've got an Olympics coming up. What have you got in place so far? Okay, you can host this. Sydney, we know you've got this athletic stadium. We know you've got this velodrome. You can host that. Melbourne, you can do that. Um, Adelaide, Perth, whatever, Gold Coast. And they, and they, they look at trying to host it as a country and just put the events around the country because it, I think... You know, with Victoria having won the bidding and accepted the bidding, then, you know, the buck does stop with Australia to, to some point. Uh, and it'll be interesting to what they do beyond 2026. Uh, I mean, I don't know about you, Smithy, but there was one 
uh, person I saw uh, a little while ago talking about, you know, let's look at the biggest countries in the Commonwealth. Let's look at, say, Canada. Let's look at India. Let's mm. look at the UK. Let's look at Australia. And they just take it in a 16-year cycle. And we, and we just rotate it around. And then you, rather than having to build infrastructure, you're just maintaining infrastructure for it. It lessens the costs and it gives you some certainty going forward as well. Good on you, Ricardo. Absolutely appreciate your thoughts there. Uh, so look forward to uh, the football tonight. Have a terrific day, mate. And uh, I'm not sure if you're going to Eden Park, but uh, let's hope that our girls do uh, exceedingly well. It is 10.53 here on SENZ.